0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello, and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hartman and I'm joined by Katie Balls and Paul Goodman from Conservative Home. Welcome, Paul. Well, Rishi Sunak has referred himself to Boris Johnson's ethics advisor to investigate whether he followed all the rules on ministers' interests. This is Lord Geith who uh, investigates these things. Paul, this was inevitable, wasn't it, given the build-up of the row about Rishi Sunak's tax status and that of his wife?
1: I think, standing back from what's happened, the scale of the problem it represents for the Conservatives can't be underestimated because now, I'm afraid with Sunak in this position, Boris Johnson I think can now move him as Chancellor more easily than he might have done otherwise if there's a summer reshuffle. But the impact of this is much bigger than that. If Boris Johnson fell over, if he was removed by Party Gate, if the Conservatives decided for whatever reason to get rid of him, they did have this shiny, bright, clean successor who'd spent a lot of money and was enormously popular waiting in the wings to perhaps take them to a fifth term and beyond that has suddenly all gone you've two people at the top one of whom is mired in party gate still the other whom is is mired in the the perception quite unfairly that he or his family have somehow been uh, deliberately avoiding tax in an evasive way so the two top players at the top of the Tory party have suddenly pretty much been taken out and it's not clear who else there is in the government as we carry on in this fourth term who can provide it with new momentum and impetus.
0: Katie, one of the things that I found really striking over the past few days is the paucity of Conservative MPs who are prepared to go out and defend Rishi Sudak. I mean, he, he was an incredibly popular politician only a few months ago. What's happened?
2: Well, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. I mean, I was co-presenting on Times Radio on Sunday and we had an MP of the week, Mark DeLongey. He was effectively saying from the 2019 intake that it was the media that was the problem and people needed to move on and Rishi Sunak had done his bit. And I think there was a silence at the end of last week, um, which I think is something that Paul picked up on this blog, which is the point when ultimately Rishi Sunak was giving interviews saying, this is a smear, lay off my wife, you're lucky, I'm not going to Will Smith you. That period, I think, did not inspire many MPs to come forward because they're uncomfortable with the messaging combined with the fact that there was no change on tax. They thought that it politically was inevitable. Rishi Sunak's wife would have to volunteer to pay more tax and I think that since they have done that and that was announced on Friday um she put out a statement saying so I do sense a bit more warmth of MPs I don't think this is a warmth that's going to take Rishi Sunak to number 10 anytime soon but you have seen some MPs such as John Redwood I think Kevin Hollingwick coming out and actually tweeting and saying you know it's now time to move on so I don't think it's completely cold out there for Rishi Sunak. It's definitely the case that there are many ministers who have been quite critical and sceptical of Rishi Sunak for some time and see this as proof that they are right that he lacks political judgement. I think definitely in terms of long-term ambitions, this has made lots of MPs think twice, perhaps more than that, that actually Rishi Sunak is not a sophisticated enough politician yet to really take the next step and potentially to stay in his role as Chancellor in the medium-long term. I think that is still touch and go. And, and we have seen with things such as the, the fact that the Treasury have referred themselves for an investigation today for Rishi Sunak. I think that barring nothing else coming out, there is a sense that this, this is now just damaging to Rishi Sunak than perhaps that he's about to lose his job. Obviously, you don't know what happens into a reshuffle, but it has changed how Tory MPs think of him.
0: Paul, we've talked about how this has changed perceptions of Rishi Sunak. We've talked about how this has hurt the Conservative Party. What effect do you think it's going to have on his policies as Chancellor? Because he has up to this point largely managed to bat away suggestions from Conservative MPs that, for instance, he should have delayed the hike in national insurance to fund the health and social care levy. Is he going to find it harder to have that authority now?
1: Yes I think he's in a weaker position because he already was deploying all the authority at his command to try to stave off some very different interests. Interest number one of course is his neighbour in Downing Street and Rishi Sunak is a classic by instinct smaller state lower tax less regulation conservative whereas Boris Johnson sees economics really as a kind of ...form of entertainment and is always in favour, broadly speaking, of borrowing more, spending more and doing more infrastructure. So he's got a kind of high-spending neighbour and he's got a tax-cutting Tory press that's on his back about all that. So these are two big sources of pressure on him, bits of the Tory press, his neighbour at number 10. And Tory MPs, I think, are more sympathetic to his economic position than either of those two interests but this does leave him weaker and so when the pressure's on for more interventionist measures to help consumers between now and the budget that pressure is going to be more serious and harder for him to resist.
0: And Katie what's the next big row over treasury policies? What what do you think the next topic will be?
2: I think as Paul just touched on it, it has been interesting. If we take away the non-DOM story and how that exploded last week in terms of Rishi Sunak's position, his popularity started to steeply fall. It already beyond on the decline after the spring statement. But yet, as one of many calling various MPs when people say, well, it's been panned in the press and his popularity is falling, you know, where is the Tory revolt on the spring statement? Actually, there was much more of a sense amongst Tory MPs that yes, this is, you know, could have been done better. But ultimately, we're not really sure how to make cost of living better in a way which the Tory party agree on. And some are saying people who aren't really fans of Richard on a personal level are saying he's done what he has to do. So I think in terms of extra measures, obviously, we're building up to the autumn budget. and I think there's a general expectation amongst everyone that the treasury will have to offer more when it comes to energy bills. We know that Richard Cedric paused from doing that in the spring statement because he wants to see what the volatility of the market is on energy. So that is something that's going to be pressure. And you can imagine in terms of the budget there I think where it's going to get politically tricky there are a few areas so you have seen for example one Tory MP come out and criticise the spring statement and saying more had to be done on benefits on universal credit the fact there was a real-time cut there I don't know if that as a majority parliamentary party position though I think where things could get Probably the most uncomfortable, speaking to a few ministers, is public sector pay freezes because the public sector pay is not going to rise in line with inflation. That is going to lead to some quite painful conversations, and therefore is Boris Johnson going to start pressurising his Chancellor to do more? I think there's an interesting question here, which is there are lots of Tory MPs who don't like what's recently happened, Rishi Sunak, who I think would be uncomfortable, however, if you started spending a lot more money again. And if you look at recent cabinet discussions, such as Kit Malthouse, the policing minister saying at cabinet, uh, you know, we need to reopen the spending review, we need to revisit that, we need to be spending less. I mean, in some areas that was written up as... Rishi Sunak under fire from all sides, but I would have thought there was more of a rebuke at Boris Johnson, someone who probably does want to spend more money, and that budget was seen more as a Boris Johnson budget. So even if Rishi Sunak is pressured or perhaps moved, I think that there'll be a, a push within in the Tory party not to actually return to too high levels of spending.
0: And Paul, let's just talk about Boris Johnson. He was obviously in Kyiv on Saturday. I note that he sent out an email yesterday to a Conservative Party about his, um, about his visits with President Zelensky around the city and what support Britain is giving to Ukraine in its fight against the Russian invasion. What difference do you think that trip is going to make in terms of Britain's foreign policy? And then we'll talk about the politics of it.
1: It's rare for um, the Conservative Party to send out an email that's not got an appeal for money in it. And this was one of the very few that um, crossed my eye without one. I I think as far as foreign policy is concerned, one of the striking things about the Ukraine war is the degree to which, for all the fact this is a, a, a changing world, and we've had so much turbulence in the last 10 years, Trump and all that, the way in which... Countries have by and large slotted into their allotted roles. So Biden is treating Russia and treating this war well, almost as if the Cold War was still happening. It's America who is leading the resistance to what Russia is doing and driving the international coalition. So there's Biden. On the other hand, there is Macron. And I realize that Macron doesn't exactly get a great press. Over here, but there's much more to him trying to form his own diplomatic bridge with the Russians than Macron's own character. This is a long-standing French national interest view going all the way back to de Gaulle and beyond, with traditional suspicion of the Americans that wants to sort of carve out a different role for France as a leader in Europe. So where's Boris Johnson in all this? Well, despite Brexit and all that. Britain is playing its traditional role as an adjunct and cheerleader for the Americans, as a strong supporter for Ukraine, as a force that's very resistant to the Russians, no matter what you may read, truthfully and untruthfully, about at Tory donors and the slowness with which individu- sanctions against individuals were, were, were exercised. This is, this is a very traditional British foreign policy stance, and Boris Johnson may be revolutionary in so many other aspects but this ukraine war so far has gone absolutely by the book
0: and katie let's just talk about boris johnson's political standing as well there has been a lot of discussion uh, of what it means politically and whether he can claim it as a a sort of a a political moment i suppose in the same way and this is something that conservative mps are perhaps understandably obsessed with margaret thatcher had the falklands as one of her big moments
2: yeah i think when tory mps was it about a month ago started to brief out this was going to be the Prime Minister's Falklands moment that was met with heavy scepticism, partly just because of the historical comparisons and the differences. I think if you look at Boris Johnson's recent trip to Ukraine and the images from that, and actually the fact that it's not been number 10 pushing it or saying, you know, look look at Boris Johnson. And a lot of that's actually been coming from the Ukrainian side. And therefore, I think even cynics, when you see Ukrainians on the street stopping and seeing Boris Johnson, and feeling warmly and and others saying, you know, thank you, Britain. I think that is adding to the sense that people are proud about Britain's response to Ukraine. And then I think, obviously by extension to that, you look to the leader, regardless of what you think of them. And I think most people do think Boris Johnson has done a good job on this. In terms of what this means for his standing, I mean, I just think the fact that on Sunday you had the newspapers which had, you know, the picture of Boris Johnson walking the streets with Zelensky, and then on some of the same front pages, Rishi Sunak under pressure, does just show you how much the fortunes of those two men have changed over the past two months. And now actually it feels as though And things could change there is a fine on Partygate still, but it does feel as though perhaps the worst of Partygate is out the way now for Boris Johnson, and he is on firmer ground than he has been in several months. Thank you, Katie. Thank you,
0: Paul. And thank you for listening.